Welcome to the IDC Manufacturing and Energy Insights podcast series, Theory and Practice. I'm Kevin Crowdy, Group Vice President for IDC's Manufacturing and Energy Insights. This series is my chance to introduce you to IDC's best industry analysts and the topics they are passionate about. I think we're going to have a really cool conversation today because one thing that everyone seems to really want to know about is energy and renewables and distributed energy. So um, uh, with me today um, is John Vallali, and I'm going to let John introduce himself for a minute. Hello, everybody. John Vallali here, IDC Research Director for the Energy Insights team. Uh, Reporting up to Kevin, my main responsibility for Energy Insights is focusing on the power and utility sector. Great, John. We're going to kick this off with that first question. From IDC's perspective, and I guess from your personal perspective, um, what's the definition of a distributed energy resource? What does that really mean? Well, distributed energy resources definitely has been evolving. I think it's been changing over the years. I remember in the you know late 90s, distributed energy was really talked about in terms of you know flywheels and fuel cells. But you know these days, it's more around a lot of the uh, solar, the growth in solar that we're seeing is really decentralized form of generation. So it's generation that's usually located close to the um, you know the source of load and it's typically behind the meter so that, that would be on a residential commercial or industrial uh, type facility and used as backup generation as well as kind of uh, combined uh, coordination with the centralized bulk system what about um, stuff like battery storage because we're hearing more and more about that how does that fit into this yeah, well, battery storage we think is a huge key to distributed energy. Um, you know, as I mentioned, solar is the largest growing form of uh, DERs, but solar plus storage uh, is really what we believe needs to happen for solar to really be successful. So that storage piece um, is evolving. I think there's a little bit more that needs to be done on the technology as well as the cost front. Um, you know, for example, we you know some of those. Uh, home wall systems for, uh, you know, battery uh, storage really have a shelf life of around seven years. So I think, you know, technology vendors and, you know, folks who are producing them are trying to get a longer life cycle out of those. But um, uh, that that storage piece is going to be a, a big one to drive this. Yeah. You know, you hear a lot about, um, you know, renewables, solar and wind, especially. And I, I keep hearing that link between making those really truly effective and and storage. And so that kind of brings me to my next question for you, because I know you and I talk about this a lot. And what's the driving force behind uh, DERs becoming uh, such a hot topic today? So the driving factors of DERs, uh, one is definitely uh, the rapid growth we're seeing in solar. So solar uh, generation is the largest form of DERs. And that's definitely pushing, um, you know, DERMs and the, the whole DER um, resources forward, but also is reliability. Reliability is a big one, not only on the utility side uh, of the coin, but also reliability from the end user uh, point of view. So when you take a look at um, critical infrastructure, uh, such as, you know, hospitals and, um, you know, even big box stores, those type of um, places where maybe here in the Northeast, you have a blizzard and you want to make sure those places are open so people can still uh, get their things they need for day to day. They're going to have those type of things for for backup generation and uh, reliability. 
another big uh, thing that's driving DER now is customer choice. A lot of customers are really on board with clean energy and the types of energy they use. So uh, with more customer choice, we're seeing you know more solar panels being put on homes and things of that nature. Um, another uh, couple of items here that I do think are pushing DERs, which uh, we do include in our definition of DERs here at IDC, one being electrical electric vehicles. And those electric vehicles are, um, you know, something that are disrupting some of the distribution system and utilities are trying to get a handle on that. And also uh, virtual power plants. So virtual power plants are Basically, the ability to aggregate uh, DERs that are localized for utility and treat them as one source of energy. And they're also doing that on the load side as well. So when you take a look at some of these demand response programs and aggregated load, uh, utilities are taking advantage of that uh, to be able to manage their systems. So both uh, virtual power plants and uh, demand response, those are two other items that we do include in our definition of DERs at, here at IDC. That's cool, I, I, especially the thing about the virtual power plant. So that's what I, I continue to hear people talking about. Um, so when you think of all these DERs, generators, solar, rooftop solar, commercial solar, whatever, how do how do utilities go about managing all that? Because you know it used to be, it seems like to me, in in you know twenty years ago, all the utilities had to worry about from a power gen perspective was you know several large big power plants, whether they're fossil fuel or nukes or or whatever. So, what's the technology that they're looking at to help them manage all that? Yeah, so the, there's been a huge emphasis with the growth of uh, DERs on you know taking care of the distribution system. So uh, distributed energy resource management systems um, are, are, are coming up more and more to control these DERs. And well, how we see the utilities treating them and some of the larger um, you know traditional vendors in, in the space is really seeing DERMs as an extension of your DMS or your ADMS, your advanced distribution management system. So taking a look at that from that perspective is really a matter of the utility trying to understand as well as manage uh, the supply and demand all the way down to the distribution level. And that gets a little bit trickier with these DERs because a lot of them are behind the meter. So there's limited visibility from the utility. So there's a lot of modeling involved in terms of power flows as and um, you know what type of uh, you know energy and DERs may be present because not at all times are they um, uh, you know, brought to the attention of the utility. There are, are a lot of uh, voluntary programs where you have to register your DERs, but to ensure that the utilities understand everything that's there, there's a lot of modeling techniques on uh, supply and demand fundamentals to identify uh, things like electric vehicles, um, the solar, and as well as the um, energy storage that, that folks may have behind the meter. Now, when you're thinking of, of DERMs, uh, that's good information, by the way, uh, when you, and it, it brings to mind this particular question. Um, when you're thinking of DERMs and the systems that utilities are using to manage distributed energy, is there a distinction for the utility between consumer-grade distributed energy like solar rooftop, stuff like that, and kind of commercial industrial, where it might include a broader range and more consolidated um, generation sources. Yeah, I think there's some differences there. I think the 
biggest uh, growing sector now, and I think there's a lot of attention uh, being uh, paid to it, is on the residential side. Uh, definitely a lot of the residential rooftop solar. Um, but as you mentioned, the you know commercial industrial, they've uh, always kind of understood the uh, idea of backup generation and distributed generation. So um, you know the new the new definition and the new wave of what's going on with DER is definitely you know clean forms of energy. But you know if you think about um, you know typical industrial factories as well as commercial, a lot of times they'll just have backup generation that could be uh, a gas generator. It could be a, a diesel backup generator, and that's those still exist, and those still technically are DER. So those are some of the differences there. And I think um, you know the main difference on the um, commercial industrial side. Obviously, you probably have uh, you know more power available in terms of backup generation, as well as on the um, energy storage side, also. So, John, when you think of um, how utilities operate and the decision making processes they have to go through. Are all of these kind of consumer grade DERs that are behind the meter, are they having an impact on utilities' ability to make effective and timely decisions? Yes, definitely. I, I think it's becoming a little bit more uh, trickier for the utility to understand exactly not only you know the generation that they own within their own utility footprint, but also what's happening regionally uh, within the region they're in. So you know the visibility on DERs. Um, depending on the region, could be good, uh, and sometimes it's not the best. And in the regions where it is good, there there are some mechanisms to have DERs uh, registered so the utility understands exactly what is out there that they don't own that may be behind the meter. And that would make sense from the end user's perspective as well to make sure the utility does understand that. So if there are um, net metering opportunities to be able to sell power back um, to the wholesale market, you would want that coordination with the utility. In cases where there isn't net metering and that uh, good of visibility, um, DERMs do offer, you know, within that uh, technology, the ability to take a look at um, power flows as well as forecast um, some of the supply and demand fundamentals of the bulk system and what will be needed uh, to basically manage the distribution system as well. So there's a lot around the, um, you know, the visibility, the monitoring, and also the control of DERs so it can actually help uh, supply and demand fundamentals sync together with the distribution level as well as the bulk system. Oh, that's a cool answer. I, I think um, I think that gives me a lot to think about when I think about you know trying to stick uh, solar panels on my roof. Um, so the, the last question um, really comes down to how do utilities implement something like DERMS? Is that something they typically do themselves? Do they work with um, outside or third-party service providers? What do you see as probably the best approach? Yeah, well, at IDC, we've done a couple of uh, marketscapes on DERMS, and it's it's been interesting over the last couple of years. We've done a, um, a marketscape, a vendor assessment on the technology side, as well as the um, SI and strategic consulting side. And we're noticing that, you know, in, in general, the vendor ecosystem is growing uh, at the utility, uh, in the utility sector. But within DERMS, it gets even, uh, you know, more and more, um, I guess, wider breadth of type of vendors that are out there. So we see um, a huge ecosystem all the way from, you know, the consultants 
um, you know, to the to the the folks who may have the control devices um, to to help with the visibility and control of the DERs. Um, so you get a, a mix of the you know the, the major traditional utility players that have always been there, and then you get some niche players involved as well. Especially when you start taking a look at some of the capabilities around virtual power plants or um, demand response as well. Yeah, I think that's um, that's some good insight around the how that that uh, service sector is growing. I think, uh, you know, renewables are a hot topic right now. And I think a lot of non-traditional service providers are, are seeing that renewables uh, as an opening into that utility space where they can provide their services. And uh, so I, that's a great answer. Well, John, I very much appreciate your time and I appreciate everyone's time listening to us. Uh, this is Kevin Prouty and I'm with John Vallali. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening and please subscribe to the series to be on the lookout for manufacturing energy topics from other IDC analysts. You can visit idc.com slash manufacturing podcast. That's one word, manufacturing podcast. Again, thank you.